right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us a great friend, a fellow Next Level Mastermind participant, the managing partner of Law Capital Partners, and the passive income attorney, Seth Bradley. Seth, how you doing? Doing great, brother. What's going on? Oh, life is good. Life is busy. No complaints. Really great to see you. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us and our viewers here on Dan on Top. So, hey, Seth, before we jump into what you do, because, man, you have some incredible skills and knowledge to share, tell us a little bit about who you are. Who is Seth Bradley? Yeah, well, that's a great question, man. I love that question to start off. I mean, I think I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and really it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, I grew up in a blue-collar family. My dad is a retired coal miner. My mom's a retired school teacher. And all you know, growing up, I think like a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are, you know, they just grow up thinking, you know, what what's the best job I can get? How can I make the most money trading time for dollars? Um, and you know, for me, that was becoming a, a doctor. And then eventually, I realized I didn't want to do that. And then I wanted to become a lawyer because I thought that was the next best job. Um, so I did that. Um, but even during that time, I felt out of place at the office. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you don't feel right sitting around at the coffee pot and, you know, BSing and kissing everybody's ass and all that sure. kind of stuff, man. We don't, we don't like that stuff. And it just took me a long time to figure that out. So at my truest self, I think I'm an entrepreneur. Awesome. So during that transition, you know, I love, very fascinated by that transition from the blue collar world to, to being an entrepreneur. So did you have any major like aha moments during that process? Yeah, I mean, I think I had a lot of them. I mean, you know, it, this isn't necessarily an aha moment, but when I dropped out of med school, that was a big deal, right? I mean, sure. it took, you know, that's what I planned on doing my entire life. And, you know, went, took the MCAT, got into, got into med school, finished my first year, started my second year, and I was like, this doesn't feel right. This is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, dropped out not knowing what I was going to do next. Um, again, went on to get my MBA and my law degree. Um, but I think the, the first aha moment that I had while I was working at big law firms um, was, you know, just closing these big deals for other people, you know, closing these $100 million plus financings, um, purchases and sales, things like that. And, you you know, you meet the clients and you talk to them, you interact with them, you advise them and you think, man, these guys, you know, they're just like you and me. They're not, uh, you know, they're not Donald Trump or somebody like that that's just you know, up on a pedestal or, you know, incredibly sophisticated. They're just regular guys that know real estate. And I'm advising them on what they should do on these deals. And I started thinking to myself, you know, the wheels started turning. Man, I'm on the wrong side of the table. You know, I need to be on the equity side, not the not the service side. So that, that was one big aha moment that I had. That's awesome. Well, you know, shifting gears a little bit, I know you talk a lot about this. I was wondering if you can share with our viewers some of the ways in which highly paid W-2 employees can present them, prevent themselves from having those golden handcuffs. Yeah, I talk about that a lot, man. I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're, you know, you're just a highly paid professional, uh, you know, you have a lot of income coming in. And, you know, as the years go by and you keep making more and more money, you end up spending more and more money. You end up getting sure. more bills. You end up buying that new five series every time one comes out. You keep you know, buying a bigger house than you actually need. You might not have any kids, but you've got a five bedroom you know, house. It's like, you know, why do you do that? And you end up strapping yourself down to those paychecks. And you end up big paychecks, big bills, and that's what we call the golden handcuffs. And then you're tied down to that job. So, you know, at the beginning of your career, you might feel a little bit fulfilled. You might feel, um, you know, 
you know, motivated to continue and you're, it's something new. And then later on when the grind starts to hit, you're like, you start thinking about, you know, what else can I do? How can I start getting back some of my time? And if you've made some poor choices with your financial decisions it, with a lot of bills, then you're kind of tied to your job and you can't even walk away and you've got to figure out how to get rid of those gold handcuffs. Sure. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day how much you make, really. It's it's really about that delta between what you make and what you spend. And right. I think that, that people get lost in those numbers. But if you really don't dig into what that delta is, I think you're kind of missing the point. So, you know, Seth, there's a lot of talk about what's going on um, in Wall Street, right? And I, I want to talk to you about maybe why people should consider looking away from Wall Street and onto some alternative investments in Main Street. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of volatility, right? I mean, there's always volatility on Wall Street. I mean, you know, you watch these stocks go up and down. You know, the recent events where, you know, retail investors were frozen out of their accounts because they couldn't take advantage of certain swings. It's just, you know, there, it's the inconsistency and the volatility that, sure. you know, drove me away from it. And I think that, you know, people need to educate themselves on alternative investments like real estate or whatever it might be, or owning a small business, just some other way to diversify your income, diversify your investments. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about Main Street. It's like, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket. You can't just invest in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and listen to, you know, your financial advisor because, you know, they, they probably don't do what you do. I mean, they, they don't know about real estate. They don't know about alternative investments. And you need to get out there and network and really, you know, teach yourself and, and educate yourself about uh, these types of different investments so you can diversify your portfolio and really make a better livelihood and safer future for yourself. Absolutely. So, Seth, let's dig a little bit deeper about some of those alternative investments. I know you and I recently spoke on a panel, and uh, you headed up the different changes in SEC regulations. Can you talk to us a little bit, tell our viewers a little bit about what's going on there in the syndication world? Yeah, so there's some things going on. Um, you know, the, the definition of accredited investor is changing. Um, it may be opening up to other folks. Um, right now, you have to, a lot of your listeners already know, you have to make $200,000 over the last couple of years or be worth a million dollars in net worth, not including your primary residence. That's the typical way that you qualify to be an accredited investor and therefore have the ability to invest in a lot of these, um, what they're called 506C uh, alternative investment deals. Um, but what the SEC is looking at doing in the forthcoming year, hopefully this year, we'll see. Um, I haven't heard anything new come across the board since we last spoke, um, but hopefully they're gonna set up this uh, structure where you can actually go to a testing center, uh, study and take a test. And once you take that exam and pass it, and this isn't like a big exam that you study for you know months on end, like a series test. Um, it's just a one day quick test. And once you get uh, past that, you actually are qualified as accredited and you can invest in these deals. So hopefully that opens it up to a lot more folks. And I think personally, that's a great way to do it. I mean, you shouldn't be limited um, to that accredited investor status just because of your income or your net worth. I mean, education and learning about the way, you know, being an educated investor should go a long ways in, in being able to participate. So, if I'm understanding that correctly, the test actually would then allow people to not necessarily have to meet those income thresholds or those net worth thresholds to be able to be considered accredited. That's correct. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. So, we have an opportunity here for more people to get involved in some of these uh, different types of alternative investments. So, how would that impact our world, right? How would that impact the world of syndication and real estate investment? 
Yeah, I mean, as a syndicator, as a capital raiser, you know, that obviously opens that pool of investors up uh, quite a bit. You know, it can broaden that. Uh, it can broaden that pool. Um, you know, as as a capital raiser, as a podcaster, you also want to educate your listeners, and you can put that out to them and say, "Hey, look, you know, if you guys don't meet those financial requirements, here's this new test you guys can take." And you'll be qualified to, to meet that accredited investor rule and therefore be able to invest in these alternative investments that, you know, the rich have invested in for decades. They've known about it when it was just kind of, you know, talk to the guy at the country club and he might bring you a deal. And that's the only way you used to be able to find out about those types of things. Um, but it's becoming more and more prevalent uh, to the public to be able to invest in these types of deals. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be a really great thing. So we'll definitely keep our eye on that and keep our viewers apprised of the situation. So, hey, Seth, you've got a very interesting background. And, and specifically as a real estate lawyer, I'm very curious how you would say that your experience as a real estate lawyer has impacted you and maybe made you better poised to be a successful real estate investor. Yeah, I mean, so working in big law, and when I say big law, I mean big law firms. My attorneys out there know what that means. Um, you know, it requires a certain amount of sophistication and attention to detail. I mean, everything is combed over meticulously. I mean, you, you've got a dot every single period. You've got to cross your T's and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everything's got to be on point. There cannot be any errors whatsoever. And I think that goes a long way in really any business, but especially in real estate investing where the small things matter. Um, and you need to pay attention to the details. And, you know, on top of that, you know, there, it requires a lot of work ethic. I mean, we bill, in big law firms, we bill 2,200 hours a, a year. And so it requires wow. an above average work ethic. Um, and, you know, when you jump into the entrepreneurial space and the real estate investing space, you don't necessarily have that structure anymore, right? Like you right. get up and it's like, well, you don't have to be at the office at 8 a.m. and you're there till 6 and every minute of your day is is qualified, you have to figure out how to hold yourself accountable. And, you know, it takes a certain mindset and work ethic to be able to do that. And I think the last thing, though, is, you know, when you're raising capital from other people, it's there's a certain duty that you have a fiduciary to your clients. And yeah. I feel that same duty to my investors and to be careful and to be great stewards of their capital and to treat it in higher regards than even my own. Sure, and that's incredible. I think that's very important. It's something that that keeps you, you know, set in your ways and keeps you accountable to other people, like you would be accountable to yourself. So, you know, Seth, you mentioned that there's a change in structure going from you know big law to where you are now. So, what are some of the things that you do to stay on top of your game and to stay focused without that structure of the typical nine to five? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to you've got to set your schedule. I mean, you've got to figure out a way to hold yourself accountable. Uh, for me, I get up earlier now than I ever did working at Big Firms. I get up 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, um, you know, get a workout in. And I think something that's really important because, you know, you don't have that structure is to take care of the, the hardest thing, the, the most mentally taxing thing that's going to really move the needle for you and your business early in the morning. So one of the, as soon as you get done with your, your morning routine, if that's meditation or, um, you know, working out or whatever it might be, take care of that first thing right off the top, and then the rest of your day can be successful. Sure, yeah, and I've heard a lot of people on the show say that. That, that uh, is a great piece of advice of making sure to get out of the way the thing that is maybe the heaviest, not necessarily the, the yeah. biggest thing, but heaviest psychologically or emotionally. That way you can be freed up to be more successful throughout the day. So, Seth, on that note, uh, throughout your career, you know, you pro I'm sure that you've learned quite a bit. 
Maybe if you could share with us the top three pieces of advice that you have for the Dan on Top viewers. Sure. Uh, number one thing I always say is, is get a mentor or get a coach or get you know someone Absolutely. that can show you the way. Whatever it is, and if you want to be a real estate broker or an investor or a gym owner or whatever it is, find somebody that's doing it successfully and either you know mimic what they're doing, pay them to be your coach, or you know if they'll do it for free, let them be your mentor. Whatever it might be, reach out to those people and find someone that can show you uh, show you the ropes, man. Uh, second, I would say, you know, get up early. Uh, I, I really like that morning routine thing, man. You've got to really focus on, refocus your day at the beginning. So if it's working out, meditating, you know, naming things that you're gratitude, uh, that you're thankful for each and every day, um, do those things early in the morning, get an awesome morning routine together and ready to go. And the third thing I would say Take action, man. I mean, a yes. lot of times people get caught up in, you know, the podcasting and, you know, listen to podcasts and reading books and, you know, educating and doing all this stuff. And that's great. That's a good first step. But after that, you've got to take action. I mean, don't, it's not going to be perfect. Just do it. Just take action. Love it. Love it. So find a mentor, have a solid early morning routine or morning routine and take action. And I, I can't tell you, I mean, I've, you, we've interviewed 75, 80 highly intelligent, highly successful individuals on the show. And I can't tell you how many times that comes up, especially that last one, Seth, of taking action. I think that, that yeah. that's what separates people who are ultra successful from people who are not, is taking massive action. Because we often can't control the outcomes of our actions, but the more actions that we take, the more we can have those successful outcomes. Because at the end of the day, a lot of it really is, is a numbers game. So, hey, Seth, that's really incredible advice. I really appreciate it. So we've got some time left. You've jam-packed this episode with a lot of value, which we appreciate. <laughs> we've got about three and a half minutes left. Let's turn the tables a little bit. Any questions for me? Yeah, man. What do you got going on nowadays? we got to catch up. Oh, man, I feel like my head is spinning these days. So a lot of deals going on, a lot of quick service restaurant, um, got a few under contract, got a a large medical office building in Iowa closing next week. Really excited about that. A lot of off-market deals. The market is on fire for commercial real estate. So if you have net lease property and you want to know what it's worth, there's no better time than now. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to put together a complimentary, no-obligation value proposal, letting you know exactly what the property is worth. So really busy on the net lease side. And then another friend and colleague of ours, another fellow Next Level Mastermind, Zach Racinger and I, are literally hours away from launching our CRE Pro course, which is essentially a course that's designed to teach people all about commercial real estate investing, and specifically all the tips, the tricks, the systems, the spreadsheets, the forms, the protocol to become a top commercial real estate broker. So between the show and my net lease brokerage and the CRE Pro course, I would definitely say I've got my hands full. Definitely got your hands full, brother. That's awesome, man. Congrats on the course. Yeah, we're excited about it. It's going to make uh, make big big waves and, and help a lot of people. So really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So what else you got for me, Seth? Uh, man, I can just tell you what we're doing right now. I just got back from a trip from Cleveland, looked at some commercial properties. We looked at a 50-plus 50, 50 unit mixed-use monster, and then we looked at a 120-plus unit vacant multifamily property which will be an insane project if we decide to move forward with it. Uh, we're still kind of doing some due diligence there. We've got it under contract, but we'll, uh, it's got a lot of question marks. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that you're so involved in, in new projects and, you know, you continue to be a wealth of knowledge and information. So that's that's really great. You know, I would like to, to, to kind of also ask you the following question, Seth. You know, you've been through a sure. lot. You've had a lot of transitions. You've had a lot of experiences, a lot of success. Knowing everything that you know now, if you could go back in time to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself or what things would you do differently? Yeah, I would say evaluate uh, what you want to do with your life. And not that I didn't do that back then. I mean, I definitely did. It was like, okay, well, I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it might be. Um, But I think what I was missing, and this is probably good advice for some of the younger folks listening out there, you know, get that mentor, you know, ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that uh, are doing the things that you want to do and just picking their brain and just seeing you know, what, what they were thinking when they were, you know, that age, because, you know, back, back in that day for me, I was, uh, an individual, man. I, I wanted to do everything myself. I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to ask questions. If I came across a problem, I would go figure it out. And that's okay in some situations, but a lot of times, you know, networking, talking to people and just having open conversations will, will kind of lead you out of the bushes. Yeah, definitely. That's great advice. Really important to be open-minded, important to grow. You touched on some really great points, Seth, about being open-minded, having a mentor, having a great routine, making sure that uh, you know you ask the right questions, that you be around the right people, and that you take massive action, which I really love yeah. and relate to. Hey, Seth, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We appreciate you sharing your time with us and providing this value. Thanks for having me on, brother. Good to see yep. you. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing y'all soon.